Hello, and welcome to the Us Now podcast. My name is Jenny Helmendaller, and I'll be your host today. I'm a senior at Louisa County High School and Blue Ridge Virtual Governor's School program. I've created the Us Now podcast in order to connect to people in our local community and beyond by discussing a range of different social issues. Today, we are talking about student burnout. We have a few guests today from around the high school. Can you introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Tom Travato. I am a social studies teacher at high school. Alright, and my name is Jessica Rabel, and I'm one of the school counselors here in Louisa. My name is Nicole Harlow, and I am also a senior here at Louisa County High School. I'm Gordon Alexander, senior here at the school. Great. <laughs> so we have many different points to discuss today related to student burnout, so let's begin. So, help guide defines burnout as a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. So, Ms. Rabel, since you'll have to leave a little bit early today, um, can we start with you? <laughs> okay, so what is your experience with student burnout, and does your definition of burnout differ? Um, I might get you to reread the definition exactly <laughs> that you read right then, um, but um, I would say that my experience with school burnout is definitely, um, I have quite a bit of experience working with students who are feeling um, especially overwhelmed, um, and this time of year also, I would say, it's kind of early on in a semester still, and I think people sometimes are feeling really comfortable at the end and then they have maybe selected courses that they really are excited about at the end of the year and feeling really confident and they still are capable of all of that but sometimes at the beginning as you're getting adjusted to an entirely new situation um, you have new teachers that you're working with your classes are different maybe some people that you are comfortable with are no longer there um, I think this can be a, an especially stressful time for people um, and feeling like, oh my gosh, I think I don't think I made good decisions last year when I picked some of this or I'm involved in band and I'm getting to be a junior or a senior like you all are and there are college applications to do and I'm in dual enrollment classes. So um, I don't know that I'm answering the question right now, <laughs> but the, it, it, it's very real, I think, for our students here. But there are ways to manage that and I think sometimes it is just a matter of um, breaking it down a little bit. So exhaustion, yes, I would say that that does fit the definition that you um, laid out there at the beginning. And do you think that it's just kind of a mental state or would you say kind of it's the point where you're just completely done with whatever you're doing? I would say that it's more so a mental state and it's important to um, you know, we talk, I talk about this even in our profession when I was in school um, about getting burnout as a counselor, and I think sometimes it's a matter of self-care. And, you know, you all as students, those are maybe skills that you don't think about. You just are kind of on um, autopilot of these are the things that I have to do, but really it's a matter of taking a step back. What are things that I enjoy doing? What do I need to do to give myself a break? And that is just as important as the work that you're putting out there because in the end, if you're taking care of yourself, you're going to be a better friend to other people, you're going to be a better student, and just in general, um, feeling like you can conquer all those things. Like, it, it's not a permanent situation. Um, and I know, Mr. Travato, we've talked before about burnout, and you think that yeah. it's more kind of that point of complete exhaustion where you just can't do anything anymore. So do you think you can explain how your take on that is? Sure. I see burnout as really kind of a state of paralysis. And this paralysis is induced by really two factors. Uh, one, that 
there's kind of this unreasonable expectation of perfectionism that individuals may have about exactly what quality of work they need to produce and what that looks like, whether that expectation is put on them by themselves, by their parents, by their teachers, by their peers, just by the overall expectation of what they think life is going to be. That sense of perfectionism leads to almost like, I can't maintain that level and that leads to burnout or paralysis and unable to really function. And the other type of paralysis that I really see with students that leads to burnout is just this level of, can I really accomplish what I need to accomplish? And you see that not from a sense of perfectionism, but more from a sense of, I'm not really sure exactly what I need to accomplish, but I know this grade is due, and if I don't, I'm in a lot of trouble. And that almost leads to the sense of I can't finish and accomplish exactly what I need to do to my best ability. And so the student just stops doing work. Um, so I think those are the kind of the two elements. And it's really, for me, burnout is not just a mental state, um, because I, I do agree with Ms. Rabel. I think that's exactly correct in, in many ways. But really when I see a full, complete student burnout is when they're paralyzed. They, they can't complete work at all. And that leads to really kind of this, this sense that they're never going to be able to kind of get back what, or regain what, what they've sensed, the sense of loss almost. I, and I totally agree with that. I, I, I do think, but I guess in my, in my um, response of it being a state is more that it is something that can be addressed and it's not like, okay, well, I'm, I'm unable to do this work right now and then I will never be able to do this work and I am paralyzed forever in this state. Right. Um, but that it is something that can be addressed. Whether or not you hit that bottom, you know, right. that's never a good thing. I, I think I completely agree yeah. that, like, that it is a state, but it's almost to the point where students are like, I, I can't. Done. I can't. And that that's what we have to kind of overcome as teachers and as counselors and as peers and how to help our fellow students is is to really say, all right, like, what, what does a good day look like? And then let's kind of bounce back from there. Uh, what, is a, what does a good piece of work look like? And let's, let's not, what's not perfect or what's just something, let's get something done. Put something on a page and say, this is mine, I did that, turn that in, and then we move from there. But it has to start somewhere. Um, and that's, that's really challenging for a lot of students when they hit that kind of wall of what burnout and paralysis kind of looks like in that sense. I actually don't believe that it's not like burnout is limited to the I can't. I believe it's also I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, after all, like everybody talks about senioritis being a senior. And I don't think that it's at the point to where, oh, I just can't do it anymore. I think it's to the point to where I don't want to. Because I know from like personal experience, like after four years of being in the same building with the same routine every single day, you get up, you go to school, you come home, you work, you do homework, you go to sleep, and then repeat. I think that sometimes that we fall into this thing where we just don't want to anymore. And I mean, there has been nights where I've been up doing homework and I, I need to stop just because I know that if I don't stop, then my mental health is going to be declined very much the next day. But like, I really don't think that it's limited to the I can't. I think it also includes that I don't want to. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> I do kind of differ on my belief between what Mr. Travada is saying about it being a state of paralysis, I think burnout can be a very uh, active thing as you're doing things. Uh, because like Nicole was saying, when you're going 
and you're having the same schedule every single day, uh, you're doing these things and you're trying, but there's no passion there. Uh, personally, uh, every single person in my immediate family is into some sort of nursing, and that's the medical field is a big place where you have a lot of burnout. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot about it from them, and they have a lot of people that they work with that they do the stuff, they, they work hard, but they get absolutely nothing out of it. And I think that you can very well be burnt out while still getting A's and doing all this stuff, but you personally are not getting anything out of it or not feeling that, like you're gaining anything from it. Yeah, and I think the difference between the mental state and just the complete paralysis, it's kind of a difference between saying, am I feeling burned out or am I burnt out? Like there is a point where maybe you're feeling the pressure when there's a test due or there's a test the next day, a paper is due in a week. And like, if you, especially if you do a lot of extracurriculars, you just short on, you're just so short on time. And I think that as the burnout kind of encroaches upon you, it just gets worse and worse and worse until you need some kind of release. I agree. Uh, I, when we're talking about that, I kind of think of uh, the difference between being uh, anxious and having an anxiety disorder. Uh, when you have that and feeling burnt out and being burnt out, there's kind of a line that's really hard to see because we have these long periods where we might be uh, feeling burnt out or feeling anxious about everything, but we're not really burnt out, we're just kind of in a trough and eventually we're going to peak, but it's really hard to see if there's an actual line there. Yeah. In some cases, that is. Yeah. So do you think we're able to kind of ask and pinpoint an exact cause of burnout? Because I know that um, with school, just busyness from work, the workload itself, the general environment of school, because I know that a lot of people will pile on extracurriculars. I know that I do that personally, and I'm always very busy, and so it kind of um, builds up over time for me, but I am able to kind of release from that sometimes. But I was wondering if you all think that if there is a certain cause of burnout. I don't think it's easy to exactly pinpoint where burnout happens. I think that people, like, it just it does build up over time. Like, I know that I do so much during the day, and, like, you can't just leave it at school. You, it, you bring it home with you, whether you want to or not. And, like, today we always have, like, cell phones and stuff like that to where you, like, stuff does not stay at, like, work does not stay at work, and school does not stay at school. Especially with, like, homework and all this other stuff where, I mean, yes, you could say that school is, like, where you're getting burnt out, but school isn't just a school. It's everywhere. And I think that, you know, if you're doing, a, a, like, a lot of extracurricular activities, you have to have some, like, sort of enjoyment, and you can't take on a little bit too much because then it gets rid of that release that you get when you're doing things that you enjoy. Like, I know from personal experience, um, I'll get up at 6 o'clock every morning to get on the bus, and it's about an hour's drive from here to the school. I'm there all day, and then I have some kind of after-school activity, and I won't get home until 7, which means then I'll eat dinner, I'll have my night routine, and sometimes I won't start on homework until about 9.30 to 10. 
And so then I'll stay up hours after that. And sometimes I feel like if I don't get enough work done, that I'll wake up the next morning as well to try and finish stuff. So it's kind of just a cycle where it's just one thing after another. Yeah. And I do think sometimes um, within that cycle and that routine, and this goes back to what Gordon was saying, um, that when you are in that, it's so easy. Your routine almost becomes comfortable, and and when you are feeling like you have a lot going on you must stick to the schedule it's not always seem doesn't always seem like the best time to kind of reevaluate and change the schedule because then you might lose sight of something else but I but I think sometimes within the routine even though that's a good thing to do and to be planned out every now and again you might look at your routine and think is there something that I am spending time unnecessary time on right now and then um, sometimes just doing a, a, a simple little switch up in your day can really make a huge difference. Like, why do I spend 15 minutes making this peanut butter sandwich every morning when maybe there's I could buy lunch today and that just alleviates that 15 minutes that I somehow have allowed my brain to um, concentrate on for over too much time. Yeah, I think if we're looking at causes of burnout, one of the things that I think about a lot is isolation. Um, I, I worry about that a lot with high school students. Uh, it's something I talk about a lot with my DE classes in particular, that when you're given an assignment, your expectation is that you do it by yourself. And that's just not really how the world works. And what winds up happening is that there's this unreasonable expectation that I have to do all of this myself. And it's very limiting and it's very isolating. And I think that directly leads to individuals just feeling like I'm overwhelmed and therefore I can't possibly process all of it. And I don't think we do a good enough job, either in schools or at home, of teaching students that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to work with others. And in fact, it's expected um, in the work environments that you're going to experience, in the new learning environments that you're going to experience after high school. Nobody works by themselves. Everybody works together. I know I talk about this all the time with my students, but at the same time, uh, I don't really see students necessarily taking advantage of, hey, what does this mean? How do I work together with others? What does that concept look like? And it's because a lot of what students have done throughout their high school career is very, very individual, and therefore it becomes very, very isolating. And I know, um, I don't know about seniors but I think sometimes I feel like a bother in class because I'll just ask so many questions and sometimes it feels like I'm the only person doing that so I was wondering if you also feel the same way yeah uh, <clears throat> that goes on really well with Mr. Vazine with the isolation kind of feeling alone in the struggle uh, and this is coming from someone who doesn't really like to talk about that sort of stuff or kind of unload on people um, when I you know, we have something every single day after school. We, we ride the activity bus home or we get home so late. And we we might not, uh, we might want to talk to somebody about it, but we just don't have the time. And then, you know, we have counselors at school, but then we're going to be sacrificing our time in class uh, where we will then we'll get behind and we'll get even more stressed out. And it's just kind of a vicious cycle. But, uh, yeah, I, I think isolation can't be a very big cause of burnout because when you're in that cycle you feel like well I'm kind of here guess guess this is what the rest of life is going to be like and I, I think that's a shame because that's not what I'm suggesting like say hey go seek 
um, guidance from a counselor or something like that. It's really about go work together with your peers and collaborate on that particular assignment so you don't feel like it's just you versus the, the academic work that you're required to do. It's, it's not okay just to have to work on it by yourself. And that's, that's not something we talk about openly enough as, as teachers. If you're going to be working on something in class, work on it with others so that it's, it's a collaborative experience and not an isolating experience. Because, you know, when you do things with your friends, it's better than when you do it by yourself. And we just don't conceptualize education as something I do with my friends. You conceptualize socializing completely as something I do with my friends all the time. When it comes to education, that's not something we normally think of first, you know, and that goes for all of you here. I mean, I've had all three of you guys in class, and I, I know I've mentioned this and talked about it, and this has been something I constantly harp on as a, a major aspect of self-care in my classes, and I'm not sure if any of the three of you really kind of did that enough necessarily to kind of not really feel like, oh my gosh, I have this to do and then this to do and then this to do and what that looks like because I could see how that would be completely overwhelming. I don't, am I allowed to ask a question? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this might be the counselor me, but I'm wondering from you all, and I don't know if you feel like you've experienced burnout before specifically, um, but is it something that you would say we're talking, Mr. Travato's alluded to a classroom experience, but is it something that's more so you feel like in your after school, you know, outside of the school hours when you're meant to be managing your time, you know, when you're here, you're in your classes and you're doing whatever you're supposed to be doing, but it's when you go outside of school and you're you try to manage those activities. It, or is it something that's kind of just throughout the day? Well, uh, for me, I, I feel a big source is the... Uh, structured schedule we have every single day because when I go home I feel so relieved because I can then manage my own time and <coughs> choose when the stuff gets done and I know it's going to get done because I trust myself to do that but when I'm in when I'm in a class and I didn't get a lot of sleep the, la the past night I do not want to write this essay I just want to take some time to myself I might just want to read a book of, of my own to just take a second and recuperate before I go and write about something? I mean, I would say that I've experienced burnout, and uh, the reason why I'm laughing is because, like, having Mr. Travato as a teacher, me personally, school is not built for people who are having emotional problems. Like, school, whenever you come to school, it does not seem like there's a place for them, because in school, the primary, the primary focus is on academics instead of, you know, it's going to be, you come to school, you have to be at 100%. And in reality, like, we're humans, like, we're not all going to be at 100% all the time. And I know for me personally, like, it's something I struggled with. Like, I didn't want to talk about things that were going on, like, in my life, because I just, I felt like a bother, and I didn't want, <laughs> and I didn't want to ruin my education with my personal problems but then when you get home and you have homework and your like school comes home too there were nights where I just laid in my bed and cried <laughs> instead of actually doing my work just because I was so done with the situation I couldn't focus in class and it took me a long time and a lot of convincing with Mr. Travato to like for me to talk about it but like 
once I did talk about it and once I did, like, tell him about, like, the thing that was going on and what was bothering me, he came into the class every day and made sure, like, that I was okay. And that honestly just made school so much easier because I feel a lot of students don't come in and want to talk about things like that just because they feel like, oh, their teacher doesn't care or their teacher, like, doesn't really have time for it because they're like they're so busy teaching the subject that we need to learn and getting us prepared for end of the year tests and SOLs and just honestly trying to get us to graduate to pass which I mean is a good thing like I mean you want to graduate you want to pass but there also is not a connection that needs to be there with the emotional and I know that you could talk to your counselors and like y'all are available majority of the time but sometimes like you just don't want to go talk to a counselor because you're going to be looked at as like oh they need to go talk to the counselor. Like, they're a weird problem. Just because it's such, like, a standard in high school where you have to be normal and you have to, like, be perfect all the time and you have to be happy. And that just, like, I feel like that also relates to burnout because, like, the social pressures are so bad. And then on top of, like, high academic stress, like, that's, I feel like that's what leads to burnout personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I totally agree with that. I really feel that school, people's educations really do need to be tailored individually because, you know, not every, and no one fits the same mold as somebody else. And like you were saying, Nicole, school's not made for people who, uh, you know, are having any sort of problem, really. Uh, we are expected to be perfect in our academics. But... I think if, you know, we can manage to work something out and have more flexibility in the way that we organize our lives than more options, things would run so much more smoothly. And I think burnout just affects all parts of life. Like, if you're feeling burned out, some problems that may not, are not actually that large and are actually kind of trivial, they just are amplified so much Mm -hmm. if you're feeling burned out. And so it's kind of like just a dam that eventually it's going to break and there's going to be some kind of um, consequence. Yeah, so um, I'd like to ask, how much do you think is too much? And I guess this can apply to a lot of different things. That's very relative, of course. (laughs) It really really varies from person to person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm involved in a lot of clubs, and I'm involved in athletics, that sort of thing. And the way I was raised from a very young age, busy, busy, busy. We're all we're going somewhere every day. We always have something to do. We're always part of some organization. We're doing something, and that's kind of helped me be able to, you know, have something to do every single day, day after school, and be able to juggle all of this. But uh, that really varies for other people, and it, a lot of a big factor in that is. Uh, people's personal lives. I mean, if you come to school and you get messed with and you're bullied, you're not going to be able to handle as much of these school activities. And But you feel like you have to because, you know, you have colleges that expect, uh, you know, you have so... They expect for you to have so many extra, extracurriculars, but not everyone can handle that. And that's not always their fault. just too much. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I juggle this all the time. This is something I, I constantly 
juggle every semester. I listen to my students when they give me student surveys at the end of the year. I, I listen to them during the class. I try to adjust based off of what students are capable of. And Gord, you're right. I mean, in the sense that every student's an individual. Things that maybe Ginny could handle are not necessarily things that you can handle or not necessarily things that Nicole can handle. And that's not necessarily okay to give Ginny more stuff um, because in reality, you still have to find something that works for everybody in the class. Um, and it has to be something that everybody can handle. Um, and at the same time, I also, it's, it's hard because I also know it's coming down the road. And, and I, I know what, what college is, and you guys are all college-bound. And it's, it's one of those things that I want to make sure that when you step into college for the first time, that there's nothing that they could throw at you that you haven't seen in my classroom before. And that's, that's my standard. I, I want you to be at a level that you're going to be guaranteed success when you walk in the door. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do for everybody in a room when there's 25 of you and everybody has the emotional you know, social, uh, cultural, whatever needs that are required in the room. And so I constantly stress about how much is too much. And I hear that my class is too much. I hear that my class is just right. I hear that my class is too easy. Yes, I've heard that one. Um, true story. And it's, it's, it's not an easy thing for me to judge. And it's... It's, it's challenging for me every single year um, because I want to make sure I, can, I, I lead to your emotional health, not your emotional unhealth. And I, I think that's, that's a constant a source of concern for me. I know that anybody who's heard me talk as an adult in this room knows that that's something I think about all the time. Well, and I guess that you would hope, and it sounds like from those of you had Mr. Travato as a teacher, um, that he has managed to create an environment wherein hopefully you all would feel comfortable going with him or letting him know if it was too much for you as an individual. And I know maybe you don't feel that same way with all of your teachers or with other adults in your lives, but I think that is a big thing. And even those, I mean, I, I can only speak for the teachers that I know here, and those are the ones that we're all working with, but... You know, he's, he's made that very clear in his classroom, but I know that whether you need to tell your counselor if that's a hard thing to do or, or, or you're, if you're uncomfortable telling your teacher, but I think as your teacher, if they can know what that is for you, then they will try to work with you. Um, so he's made it abundantly clear in his classroom, talk with me, let me know where you are, and I'll try to meet you there, try to work with you or I understand that your mental health is important. They all do. You know, it's just sometimes a matter of kind of breaking through, you know. Um, in past classes, you know, with Mr. Gervato, you know, I feel close to Mr. Gervato. I know I can talk to him about this sort of stuff. And that goes for some of my other teachers, especially ones that I'm involved with extracurriculars with. I know I can talk to them. I know I can come to them with my problems. But in some classes I've taken, uh, I feel like, you know, there's some sort of faction going on. And I'm sure that, you know, my peers have experienced, say, a bond between me and Mr. Travada that they feel like they can't have because they don't go to games club or something like that. And I, I know I've experienced that with, um, with teachers, and I feel like if I kind of try to wedge my way in there, then I'll be kicked out for some reason, which I know isn't true, but I think it's some, 
something that you know people are really self-conscious about being refused or turned away, which most of the time it's not going to happen. But sometimes the uh, bonds between teachers and students that uh, you're a bystander to may feel like some sort of click when really it's not most of the time. And uh, sorry, I'm just I'm just out even I'm putting myself back into high school or trying. You know, it's like a little while. Well, well it was a little while ago, but um, I was not ever one to talk to a teacher, even about, I mean, if I mess, if I did poorly on a test, I always like, well, that was my own fault. Like, what are they going to tell me? Or, you know, we're always saying, have you asked the teacher for help? And people are like, no. And I think, well, just ask them. They want to help you. They want to know. And I, I know that now that they do, and I, I totally get how it's hard to break through sometimes and open up those lines of communication. But um, it's what everybody's here for. So... I, I'm glad that you pointed that out, though. I know that there are, it does seem like some people have special relationships and or some people are just going to be more receptive to hearing from you. And that may be the case, but it there's no harm in trying. And I think from personal experience, like, I used to be a lot more closed off to people. And I think uh, since about even middle school, I've surrounded myself with a lot of people who have kind of opened me up a lot. So now... I feel just leagues more comfortable talking to teachers now than I ever was just even a few years ago. And I know Nicole can like say that because we've known each other for a long time to say that I think it has an effect on you. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I'm the complete opposite. I've always been the type of person to where if you're new, like I'm going to go up and introduce myself. And for you're me, like I'm the, type, <laughs> I'm the type of person to where I have to be friends with my teacher like I have to have some sort of connection with them in order to learn from them and to actually hear what they're saying and if that connection is not there I will not thrive in the class and that's just the way I learn and like it's hard when you have a teacher who is so busy and hectic with like their classes and stuff like that where they don't want to have like that personal connection with you or they might want it and just don't know how to necessarily approach you about the situation and also like another like social standard and stuff like that if you're friends with your teacher you're a teacher's pet like that's the thing but I think that it's also like in today's society like there's a lot of pressure on teachers to not be oh you're you're close with this student you gave them a better grade because you like them more I feel like there are just a lot of problems that go along with being close to teachers uh, so I come from a homeschooling background, uh, and you know a lot of times when people think of homeschooling, they think of it of your parents kind of teaching you how to do things. But what it really is is you are learning from a book that you read. It's you know you have you have a textbook and you read it and you teach yourself. That's what it is. So it is for math. That's what it is for English. That's what it is for science. And that's what it is for just about anything you take that's on online course. And um, I know that for me, when I came into public school and I had I knew people who were you know really close to the teachers, I, I saw that as really foreign, thought that was very strange because the closest thing I had to a, a teacher was a parent. <laughs> that's you know natural. But my mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know Coming, I, I'm. I think myself pretty self-sufficient, and when I feel like 
when I'm asked to approach a teacher because I'm struggling or I, I need help with something, I, I get really self-conscious about my intelligence. And I have to stop and I have to check my impulse and I think, well, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm about to not interact with this person because I'm struggling when I, I am about to go up, but all the peop other people, they might be struggling and they're not and they're doing what I used to do, but now I go up and I ask and I thrive because of it. I think that's a sign, I think that's a sign of maturity. Honestly, I, I think that's a learned process. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't know, I've talked to the three of you. I know, Nicole, you've probably experienced some fairly significant burnout. Um, Gordon, I'm not as sure about you because I had you in 10th grade. And I think it's hard to burn out by 10th grade. Um, I would, I, I'm not sure if you'd agree or disagree with that. <laughs> and, and Jenny, I, I don't necessarily see you as being somebody who's burned out. I mean, I think you go through moments like anybody else because you're a human being. But that's about that's about right. Um, and and so, it's it's always so hard to kind of work with people as they're kind of processing through everything because by this point, you either learn like, hey, this is exactly what I need to do to be successful, and here's what that looks like, or I don't care anymore, um, and I'm done trying to really work on being successful and whatever that is that is and I that to me that's that's kind of whole part about what that whole state of burnout is about is that it's almost the sense of giving up um, that I, I, I can't and and or I don't want to as you mentioned and I think that's that's it gets to a point where you just kind of that's it um, and it's it's I don't think you see that as much in younger students um, because I think there, there's something conditional about the routine, as you mentioned, from middle school to high school. And if you're going through that many years of public education, at some point, either you figure it out, this is exactly how I need to approach teachers, or how I need to kind of incorporate exactly what I need to do, and you have this sense of these are my coping strategies that I need to do to be successful, or you don't develop them, at which point in time you just try to do everything yourself. And at that, that's when kind of the, the burnout really happens. Would you agree with that, Ms. Rabel? I would. I, I think it's definitely a matter of, um, I mean, having, being able to communicate, I mean, and, and check in with yourself and know yourself and what your limits are. And then I was also just kind of thinking at the beginning of the conversation, too, about burnout and asking your why, and that can be a bigger thing of, why am I doing all the things that I'm doing or why am I doing each thing and making sure that it's benefiting you or others or, or you know, you are getting some kind of, there is some reason behind it that's not just um, because I've always done it or I think I'm supposed to do it, you know. Um, but even in a more, in a simpler sense too or even in every single interaction you have, why am I not going up and asking this teacher that question? And then if you, if the reason is because I'm, don't want these people to think that and then is that a good enough reason for me to do something to, to not go up there um, I don't know if I'm making sense um, no I, I, I but, think for socially conscious kids mm -hmm. it is enough of a reason yeah um, you know and I think we've got a good mix of students here that can kind of address that like would you agree with that Nicole like the reason why I'm not going to go up and talk to the teacher is because I'm too socially conscious of it um yeah <laughs> <laughs> or why I'm not going to go 
if, if I really need to get out of here right now, why would I not go down to Miss Rabel, you know, or, and, or why am I, why am I not going to do this or that? And if it's, if it's, if you can really tell yourself these repetitive thoughts I'm having, and this is, I'm not saying you at this point, I'm saying anybody, you know, think of those thoughts that are on repeat sometimes, especially if it is, if you are kind of experiencing just this stagnant, um, point in your life where you're like I'm not feeling anything I'm not driven by anything what's going on here that's what you think what thoughts are going on in here repetitively and do they are they helpful they're just thoughts these are things that I'm thinking right now they aren't that they aren't who I am they aren't the decisions I'm making they aren't my actions they are just thoughts that are happening in my brain and they aren't they don't have to be real so um yeah like um I think the question also of how much is too much, it varies so much different, it varies so much person to person, because I think personally I like being busy, and I love the feeling of being helpful, and I like the feeling of getting stuff done. So I think it's kind of different, because I don't know about both of you, if you feel that as well, like you like getting stuff done, you like being busy, or you just kind of value your own alone time more often? Well, I feel a lot of times um, I try my best to please myself and uh, that that I know that that does come from a place of arrogance and self-righteousness because that's the same reason that, well, one of the same reasons I won't go up to a teacher and ask them because I'm too proud of myself to do do that. Uh, I (laughs) had... And... uh, I'm not going to say, no, I can't handle that, because I feel like I can't. I might be able to, and I might not want to, but I'm going to say, yeah, I can take that on. And then I do, and I totally regret it later. <laughs> uh, but I, I do like accomplishing things, and I a lot of times I uh, feel like I accomplish them for myself, myself but <laughs> that's not always the case. Sometimes I'll be kind of fighting with myself, but in, I'll think that I am, but really I'm fighting with self-consciousness of what other people will think of me. Yeah. I really don't feel like I do anything for myself when it comes to school. because Just because right now, like, I'm about to graduate, everything I pretty much do is for college. And it's just because, like, I just feel this, like, humongous weight on my shoulders about following in my brother's footsteps and like going to a super great college and like having a really high GPA and the only like release that I have is leadership and that didn't even start out the where I wanted to do it I just found a joy in helping people and now like I genuinely want to do it but everything always starts for me just because I just want to write it down on a college application and I feel like that's such a big pressure in today's like society and in school just because we all want to like look super great and impress colleges, but we end up taking on too much to the point to where we're up at 3 a.m. like, oh, I need to do a project for HOSA, you know? It's not just, you can't just really cut things off. And I know for me personally, like, everybody always tells me, oh, colleges like want you to stick with something, stick with something. And if I just cut things off, I'm not sticking with it. So I can't write it on a college application. It's not going to look as good. I'm scared of failure, like all that kind of stuff. To me, this all leads back to when you say how much is too much, look at the level of expectation that each of you just placed on yourself. You place that on yourself. 
I don't necessarily see that coming from parents. I don't see it coming from teachers. I don't see it coming from peers. The ones that put the weight on your shoulders is you. For like you going back to the parents, like my parents don't place anything on me. Like they just expect me to, like, you know, be happy and do good in school. But, but it like isn't that uh, they are placing, they're instilling that into you, I so that you put that pressure on yourself. I think that my parents just want, like, I just feel like it's just our nature, like as kind of like. I guess you would consider us like smart kids. But um, I think it's our nature to put it on ourselves to, oh, I want to please mom. I want to please dad. I want to like beat my brother in like a grades contest. Because I have said that, like those three things so many times this past year, and then you're just begun. It's just, I feel like we always want to please our parents because like, isn't everybody's ultimate goal is to like make people around them happy? No. no. It's not? <laughs> no, it's not. That's and I not think that when, when I when I hear Steen say that, I I go ballistic because to me that's that sense of unreasonableness in your expectations that causes you to burn out. Because who should come first in your life? Uh, you. I just you come first. People. Like that's all I want to do. But, but you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. You know, if you put everything else above you, you are going to burn out. And you're not going to be as good for all of those people either. Correct. So I really, really want to help. <laughs> really want to look out for the good of the group. You got to look out. Look out for the good of yourself. I'm, I'm really working on it. That's something. No, I'm and I, on. and I, that too goes back to your to the why. Like, really break down your why. Why am I doing these things? And am I still going to be able to get into the college that I want if I cut this one little thing? This one thing that might ease up all this other, but I'm still sticking to all these other things. And I've been a part of leadership, and I love it. And that's great. And there are things that can be, when you get to a certain level, there are things that sometimes have need to go. Just And, and it can just be an immediate release. And I do think it's all about balance and and. Um, and you, and everybody figuring out for themselves, and because sometimes you do need to challenge yourselves. It's not about everything being easy all the time and always being comfortable. That is not, that's not the goal either. It, it sometimes you are going to push yourself, and it's realizing, oh, you know, I, I can speak personally. I've pushed myself at times, and I thought that was a miserable time. I've pushed myself at times, and I thought I've never been more proud of myself. Like I got through that; it was awesome, and it was a good experience. And those challenges are the best—you know, my best memories are the times where I just felt the most confident. And and but then I've also had times that I pushed through things and I did them, but they, they are not—they were not good. It wasn't a healthy time for me. So it's 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 living and learning a little bit and knowing yourself. See again, that comes back to that that level of expectation. If the bar is always set really high by yourself about what you expect for yourself, that's unreasonable. You know, it's okay to set the bar high for yourself in some things. You can't set the bar high for yourself in all things, I think, at times, and really be a healthy individual. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's bad to challenge yourself. I deliberately put my students under stress. Okay? I do that purposefully. Do you know why? It's because... I'm not going to be there at college. And if you think my class is harder than college, it's not. It's not harder than college. And so what does that mean? 
that means that when you step into a college classroom in a college environment by yourself, without that support system that you have here while you're in high school, with all the people that you know and everybody that you're familiar with, how are you going to handle that then? And I see so many students from the Waze County High School and from the high schools that I've taught at where they're just like, I can't do this. And they come home. And it frustrates me because I want them to be successful. And it's because when the stress really does hit, the, the coping strategies aren't full out there. And if the coping strategies aren't full out there about, all right, I have to prioritize this here, this goes here, this goes here, I have to put this much work into this, I have to put this much work into this, if I would really challenge myself, I'm gonna do this, but I could only do that if I have time to get this and this done. It's, it's stuff like that that you don't learn necessarily until somebody forces you to do that. And I, I feel like a lot of the times in high school, because you guys are so gosh darn right, that doesn't happen. And it is a matter too of, and, and Mr. Trevada spoke to this at the very beginning of the conversation about, um, you know, it's looking at something, this is the amount of time I have to do this. If you want to make a, an essay perfect, you could work, people work on books and writer, you know, authors are sitting there all day long picking the perfect word for a perfect sentence. You don't have that amount of time. So it's a matter of saying, I've got to do the best I can with the time given, prioritizing, and taking that little the little few minutes to say, what needs to be done right now? What really needs, what what can I do the best I can with the amount of time given? It's not going to be perfect, okay? But it is a matter of sort of giving yourself a break on that a little bit and... With what Mr. Gervada was saying, um, I feel like there's a really big misconception that uh, what he was talking about when people come home from school, that you know, college means success. When you know, we, we know it, it, it doesn't. Not everyone wants to go to college. Not everyone wants to do this sort of thing. And just because you go to college doesn't mean that you're going to make good money whatsoever. Oh, I agree. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people, their idea isn't of, their idea of success is not necessarily, you know, having a private jet. It's about, you know, doing what they enjoy and living, a, it could be living a humble life. I completely agree. I, I'm talking about when students come into the classroom and say, yeah. hey, what's your, I ask everybody, like, hey, what do you want to do after you get out of here? And everybody's hands go up when, when I say, all right, do you want to go to college? Everybody's hand goes up. If that's not the case, I have a completely different set of parameters for you. You know, I'm talking specifically, I don't see burnout in those kids who are saying I want to go to tech school because they have a different plan. I don't see burnout in kids who say I want to go to the military. I only see burnout in kids where I say, do you want to go to college? Because they feel as if there's some level of expectation that they put on themselves and says, this is what I need to do to be successful. And I would I would disagree on that a little bit because I do think that people can get burnout. Um, it's just maybe not necessarily in the academic setting and that they're feeling that their classwork is overwhelming. But I do think um, it is, you really hit me in earlier with the, Gordon, with the, with the going, being kind of in the routine of something and not having that passion anymore and I think that that, that can happen no matter what you were doing and you know we have students here who are getting out of school and they're going and working until their shift ends at 10.30 um, I am embedded before then I'll say um, so the idea of having homework 
whether whether or not you're in a really challenging class or not, you've got a lot to manage, and you're just doggone tired, and that will burn you out. And that's just working. That's just working in a probably what seems to be could seem to be a mindless job, but it is. You burn out in a different kind of way than just studying and being ambitious about college pursuits. So, yeah. it's that. My my dad always uh, tells me, you know, you know, we need to check our own polls. We need to self evaluate. We need to figure out, you know, what we want to do, because, uh, you know, a lot of parents, most parents will will say, you know, you are going to college. And you need to be ready to do that, and it's, I mean, that could not be your passion. That that college doesn't mean that you're going to be doing what you want to do or yeah. making good money. And I think that's a real shame. And I feel like a lot of parents have way too big of expectations for their kids, not necessarily saying that they're not able, but, I mean, they're not going to be what you want or expect them to be. Yeah, and just to switch gears here, I would like to touch upon something that Mr. Travato and I have discussed in the past of that kind of the question, how much is just enough? So um, I know that we've talked about like a gender discrepancy and that girls tend to be a lot more willing to do above and beyond and guys are kind of more, uh, I'll do just enough. So I'd like to know what kind of experiences you've had in observing that in the classroom setting. Yeah, I, I guess I guess for me, this is something I've seen, and this is maybe more anecdotal. I saw an opinion piece uh, on this as well, I think, in the New York Times. And um, it's something that I, I was brought to my attention actually by one of my former students who it fit very, very well, um, who was an excellent student, uh, female, uh, but completely worked, overworked every single situation. Um, led to a lot of success in high school, uh, but at the same time, it just wasn't necessary. And to the to the point where you know, what's the difference between a ninety-seven and a ninety? Um, it's a life, and that's it's one of those questions that discussions that I don't think we have enough. Um, and that that's coming from somebody who that was expected of me. I, I was expected to get a ninety-seven and everything. And if I got a 93, it was like, why isn't this a 97? Um, so I, I, I get it. I, I get where that, that comes from. But and so I had that kind of forced on me. But what I, what I don't really see very much uh, with guys is if it's, if it's not forced on them by their parents, I don't see guys pushing necessarily to the nth degree as much as I do girls. Um, I think that uh, what I've seen anecdotally from young women in particular is that the idea is that I can overwork the situation, and that's what's expected of me. Um, I may be quieter about it. I may not be as vocal about it, but I'm going to do all of these different things um, to make sure I get an A. And no matter what that takes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I see that with a lot less males. Um, now, that you can take that for whatever it is, but that's what I've seen overall, anecdotally, over the course of my 18 years of teaching. I'm not saying that there aren't some guys that are in the same way, but if, if I'm breaking down the students in my class, the ones that are going to overwork the situation the most, uh, I'd say by at least a good solid four or five, six to one margin, are, are uh, women to men or girls to boys. And that that's my perspective. Yeah, and I would say that just in the experience planning this podcast, 
Um, when I was trying to find student guests to get on, I found a female guest almost immediately. <laughs> However, it took me multiple days to find a male who would like to talk about it because either, one, they wouldn't want to talk about it, which is a whole different matter altogether, but also they just told me they didn't feel it. And I think a lot more girls that I talked to said that, yeah, I, I do feel that on a pretty consistent basis. And the guys were just kind of like, mm, not really. So I don't know. What about you, buddy? Well, I mean, when so it, it's kind of hard. When it comes to schoolwork, you know, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to work really hard to get that A. If I don't get an A, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. And I think I'm righteous in that. But, you know, <laughs> with when it comes to you know, extracurricular activities, you know, I work my butt off in those. I try so hard, hard. And, you know, some people might not, but, you know, I really do think it varies person to person, to person uh, not necessarily uh, gender to gender. gender uh, but... No, it's kind of tricky because there's there's a lot to tackle there. Uh, how much there is, is how much is just enough for uh, you know for me, and it all comes down to all these different categories and all these different elements. The stars have to <laughs> align for certain things, but you know for schoolwork, I'm gonna work hard on that because that's very important to me. But uh, if you know, I have the opportunity to join a club that uh, I'm not really interested in. I'm not going to do it because it's not going to please me. And I'm really focused on pleasing myself, but at the same time, I make sure that I do enough <laughs> to please higher-ups like colleges that are looking at that. I have a lot of extracurricular activities, but I make sure that those are things I have a personal passion for might not be for everyone, but it's something I love, it's something I'm going to do. One, because I like it, and two, because it looks great. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're similar with that, in that, yeah, I don't really face that much pressure from the people around me. However, I think I just have such an ingrained feeling that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to try as hard as I can on it, and I'm going to do it well. And so I apply that to pretty much everything I do. And I think that when I'll approach just a small sheet that's due the next day, I'll say like, oh, well, this one problem isn't right. So let me spend 30 minutes on trying to figure it out instead of just saying it's fine. So I think I definitely just have that in me already that I need to do everything because if I know, I know that I have the ability to do it well, so why not do it? I would love to be like Buddy in the aspect that if I don't get an A, then it's not the end of the world because, good gosh, <laughs> I ended Travadas with an 89 and um, I cried. So, like just the other day, um, my DE English teacher had put in a 5 out of 10 on a warm up. And Within a minute, I was at her class, and I was like, "What? Like, what's up with this? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I messed up. And she said, I expect to get a lot of people to visit me. And I was like, yeah, I was here pretty quickly, like, I know. But the thing is, is like, my grades are so important to me. <laughs> and um, I was definitely raised with the 
saying like if you're not if you're gonna do something then you do it right or don't do it at all. And I have a level of perfectionist in me. I don't know if that sentence is like <laughs> correct, but um like I am a perfectionist. I like to do things, I like things to be pretty and neat and perfect. And um let me just tell you, props to you for telling like for knowing what like <laughs> your limits are and being okay to like not being perfect all the time because I am working on it. I'm trying my best to get it fixed because I know it's something I need to work on because it causes a lot of unnecessary stress in my life. But I oh know I'm still at the point where if I get a B, I'm going to be very upset with myself. Yeah. Okay, we're looking at Mr. Travato rolling his eyes right now. What does he have to say? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I talk about this all the time with my students. Grades don't matter. It, this is not about what grade you get in the class. It's about what learning you do in the class. The grade comes secondary to learning. If you're not learning, who cares? But your grade, like, shows if you learn. We've had this argument so many times. Your grade shows what you learn and what you, like, a test. Like, you can say all you want. It doesn't matter what you get on a test. At the end of the day, that test is going on the grade book. And at the end of the day, you're, you're bringing home a report card to everybody and to show everybody. And, like, once you get your test back, people are going to be like, what'd you get? Oh, I got 37%. And Travada comes around saying, oh, it's okay, it's okay. It's really not okay because what's going in that grade book? You can't put a check mark in a grade book because, oh, I know she learned it, but she didn't get an 100 on a test. Yeah, I, and that's definitely a, pro- a problem on the grander scale because I'm sure if, Mr., if it was up to Mr. Travada, if he feels that we learned something, he'd give us an A. But, I mean, if we get an F on everything... What is he? What What have I actually taught you? Yeah. Look, yeah. Like, well, bottom line, like, I, it has to be something that's that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what it teaches me is, if you get a thirty-seven on something, is that there's a level of depth that's missing. Um, I've gotten thirty-sevens on many things in my life, many. Um, and what it teaches me is that I really suck at French grammar, um, and that I need to improve that. And if I don't, I'm going to continue to get thirty-sevens every single time I write something in my freshman seminar. So this is coming from experience. It, it's one of those things that it, it has to be a sense of, all right, this is where I'm at, and this is what I need to do to improve. And it, it has to be part of that learning journey. Um, and like I think the expectation for everyone is that I'm going to take a class and I'm going to get an A. And it's not, it can't be the expectation. Um, the expectation in a class is I'm going to try something new. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to do the best that I can while I'm in there. And for me, that's that's got to be the perspective because that's how you can get away with, well, I got how many C's did I get in college? Three. You know, am I okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, that That's fine. And it, it's not because I didn't try in those courses. It's just because I'm not very good at those particular things. I learned that I'm not very good at calculus too. I'm not very good at uh, French grammar, and I'm not very good at uh, evolutionary genetics. Both that was my other class I got to see in college. Um, and you, you know why? It's it's because I'm not good at those things. Um, so it what it has what it teaches me is that either a I can continue down that path and continue to try to get better and improve, or guess what? I'm not going to be a math teacher, um, and it's okay, I'm okay with that. You have to be okay with that, and you move on. So uh, this past year, uh, I finished chemistry with a B minus. No, not too hot, but I'm tutoring it this semester because I've learned a lot from it. 
and I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like I was saying, it's a problem on a grander scale, and it's almost insolvable, <laughs> insolvable because, you know, how is Mr. Travato going to really know that we have a really good grasp on it without there being any sort of numbers or conversation there? I'm not saying... How I'm, can you put that into a I'm not a saying you shouldn't system. have any numbers or conversation about it. The point is, yeah. if you get an A in everything, just because you want to get an A in everything, what use is an A? Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be a true metric of what you've learned. And if I'm going to be teaching a, a college-level course, okay, not everybody's going to get an A. I think an A is a true metric because <laughs> an A means good. An A means that you know what you're talking about. The A, an A is the highest grade you can possibly get. So right. that, 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 that is like a metric. <laughs> That's a measure. Do you know it's a really, really good score? It's, no, it's not. <laughs> an 89 is not an A. Well, you got to remember, isn't the way they officially score it an A is above average? Right? No? No. 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 Well, I mean, it all differs, an I guess. A scored at a 90. Okay. Yeah. That's and it. Exactly. A 90, I of course, I don't know if it's hypocritical me saying it, but 90 isn't bad. A 90 is no. good. And, yeah. Not by a, any means. Yeah. And <laughs> I know I personally get frustrated that, like, uh, I there's a class if someone gets a 90 it'll be the same if you have a 105 mm-hmm. and it'll look the same to colleges That's tomato tomato so it's so kind of mad about that I'm not mad about it I get I get frustrated about it for sure but then I am able to step back and say like well why am I doing that much then I don't know yeah. it's almost like I told you not to do that much yeah and then I didn't listen to you mm-hmm. but <laughs> I mean that one I'm, I made the class. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying you didn't make the class. I'm saying there's a level yeah. that you have to understand about what you need versus what you what you want. If you want to do that, that's fine. But if it, it leads to burnout, what is it helping you? It's... It's like an assurance policy. That's literally how I thought of all of your homework. Like, <laughs> those three extra sentences are an insurance policy that I'm going to get a good grade. That's not always the case, though. It just was. Beca- it was. Just, just because, <laughs> honestly, because you wrote three extra sentences doesn't mean you get a better grade. It has to be quality analysis. So if you write three sentences of fluff, I don't care. If you wrote three extra sentences of quality, that's what mattered. Okay? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a student who writes ten sentences on something that really takes six or seven. Okay? I don't want 10 sentences, and I'm going to continue to harp on that with students because you have to be more concise about what's really what really matters and not try to fill it out with other stuff. That's where I see students who burn out. It's because you're trying to overwork the system when you're going to get an A off six to seven sentences, but gosh darn it, you write 10 because you want to dedicate yourself and you want to make sure you have that A, and you're going to overwork the system to make that happen. You add that up over every single assignment, you have eight IDs, two questions, no, sorry, four questions, and two primary source documents every single week. You add up those three sentences over the course of the semester, how much extra work that is, it's not sustainable. It's not what I'm asking for, and it's certainly not required. And that's that, when I talk about women and, and, and men and kind of how they're processing different things, and I, look, that's what I see, is that girls want to overwork the system because they want to guarantee the A and guys don't care period so with me 
say Mr. Travato said, all right, you guys need to write six sentences about whatever. And, you know, Nicole over here writes ten just to make sure she gets the A. I might write four. Correct. But I feel like I get everything I need to in those four sentences. And and I might talk to Mr. Gervato and see if he feels the same way. And if he doesn't, I'll change it. But Because I I want the A, but if I feel like I deserve it and I can get it (laughs) another way, not trying to seem... Not trying to be underhanded or anything. No, listeners, you just heard the difference between girls and guys. It's right there. That is what it is. Yeah, and I think for me, like, if if I had to write six sentences, I would write exactly six sentences, but those would be some long sentences, and I would be stressing there for a while because I think that ties into the bigger issue that I think that a lot of students, six compared to ten sentences, I want to do ten sentences because I think that everything matters. And I think it goes with the grander scheme of our attitude towards school and probably towards life in general that everything matters and everything applies to us even though it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tighter six to seven sentences. I, bottom line, I mean, it, I want you to have a life for those other three. Do something else with it in your time. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So we're going to start wrapping up now. And I know that we've touched on it a lot. But um, just with the coping strategies, um, I think the best one that I saw when I was just looking online is surrounding yourself with people who are motivated. Because, I don't know, because I think people, if you're around people who want to be doing well, and of course you're still going to have that problem with uh, burnout and with doing too much, however, if you surround yourself with people who are motivated, you're not kind of sitting there like, am I the only one? So one of my biggest pet peeves is when people have no ambition. I hate that so much. (laughs) And, I mean, that might be self-righteous of me, but it gets on my nerves. Like, I mean, you might not know what you want to do, but you want to do something, right? You want to. You want to do something. You might not know what it is yet, but you want to do something. But when people don't, when they just kind of, you know, hang out, it's like, wow, that's also you. Yeah, that's like, exactly. That's me. People, people want to hang out, and mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, but but <laughs> but I, it's one of not. it's one of my biggest pet peeves, and I mean, and and, and that's just because I have a lot of ambition for myself. And that's yeah. that's why it is. You hang out around an awful lot of people who don't necessarily project as having a ton of ambition. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, 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 look, I know. I'm not saying that internally they may not have it. Pro- projecting outwardly, mm-hmm. they don't project outwardly that they have a ton of ambition. See? Now, I think you're going to disagree, and I'm, I can't <laughs> wait for you. So go ahead. I do disagree. Um, <laughs> I I, I really don't surround myself with people who have a lot of motivation. No, you don't. <laughs> and I don't like the people that I'm involved with, like, boyfriends, like, do I do not surround myself with that, and I, like, I mean, I don't know why, but I feel like I tend to gravitate more towards people who are lost and the people who need help, but that's just my nature, because I want, like, I want to be there, I want to encourage, I want to, like, help these people, <laughs> you know, do better, but, um, Trevato is raising his hand right now, so <laughs> please do not put my life on blast too much. Okay. The reason why you do that is very simple. It's because you don't want to have to compare yourself to others. 
Wow. <laughs> you don't want to. Wait, okay. Because that, that will that? stress you out. Comparing myself to others. Like, you don't want to compare. If, if there are other really seriously motivated individuals around you, okay, okay. you're going to compare yourself to them and think, oh my God, I'm not doing all I can do, which will stress you out even harder, which is why you don't hang around those people. <laughs> I mean, I definitely see a point in that because I know, like, definitely middle school when Jenny and I were, like, we, we used to work together a lot. I always used to see how Jenny, like, did everything, and I was like, wow, I wish I had that motivation. But like, I don't feel that, like, I necessarily, like, surround myself with unmotivated, like, completely unmotivated people. I, I'm not saying you do either. I'm just saying that you worry about that level of comparison at times. Yeah. I just, I mean, that you're a social person. That's who you are. It's not anything negative. It's just you're going to disagree with that statement completely, that I'm, you should hang out around other motivated people because you don't want to compare yourself to other motivated people. I think on Especially some level, when you're motivated people scare me. Yeah, because you're burned out. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm finding ways to cope with it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get better. I'm, like, I know it's a problem. I'm very self-aware of it. I'm trying to get better you're yeah. trying to help uh, <laughs> no this talk about ambition i it kind of leads back to what i was saying earlier about people's ideas of you know you know you need to go to college and that means you're going to be successful uh ambition is re- people's ambitions are a lot are really different when you hop from person to person uh i mean with me i can't stand it when people just don't care what's going to happen down the road and they, they don't care where they're going to end up. That That's what gets on my nerves. That's what I mean when I I can't stand when people don't have a vision. If you have a goal, I don't care if it, you know, I want to live under, you know, a bridge off 64. You know what? If you want to do that, cool. At least you have some sort of ambition. But if you just don't care, it's like, come on. you gotta have You got to have something. Those are the people I gravitate towards. <laughs> <laughs> you hang out with troll. <laughs> Not the people whose like goal is to hang out under the, the sixty-four, but the people who like don't know what they're like doing with their lives. Because I feel like, in some aspect, like I relate to that. Like, there's always the failsafe where like I don't know where I want to go to college. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I feel like I just gravitate towards those people. Just like also just because I want to like be a role model for them like I want to like help them I want to I want to see them succeed and I want to see them go far so I feel like a little bit like with leading the example like they hopefully will follow it and will you know end up in a good place like that's all I want for people is to be happy yeah me, me too and that's that's where that pet peeve comes from I want some people to do literally anything with their lives that they want to yeah and I think the bottom line is do what makes you happy, and if it doesn't make you happy, then don't do it. Couldn't and, agree more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think yeah. Bottom line, if sorry to cut short, but yeah, wrapping it up. Bottom line, if you're not happy doing it, then don't do it. And honestly, it will not matter later. And even if it feels like it's mattering now, because we're in such a setting that everything feels like it matters, down the road you're going to look at it, and you might not even remember it for what it was. And I think that it's really important that students now know that that it's okay to not do everything and that's totally me being a hypocrite saying that however I also just have to sit back and say just generally it's okay to not do everything and it's okay 
to only do the stuff that makes you happy, even if you don't know exactly what that is yet. Because I think high school is a time where you figure that out. It's also okay to feel done with things. Yeah, and it's okay to feel it's okay to feel done sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, it's all about how you see yourself and what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Who comes first? Yourself. Uh, you yes. No, you do. <laughs> you come first. Okay, not us. You come first. <laughs> okay, listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Us Now podcast, and we will see you next episode. Bye. Peace. Goodbye. <laughs>